I feel like I need a drink every night. Not heaps, but just enough to un- unwind from a busy day. What's the best choice? Find a different way to unwind. Um, I think drinks are a really easy option. I think people, I think people um, turn to it very, very easily. I think, I think drinking at home has been normalised to a point now. And you know, you can buy booze in supermarkets like you can buy eggs or flour. So. The, you know, one of the things that I kind of think about with this or one of the things that I say is that, you know, that one glass of wine or two glasses of wine or bottle of wine that you have every night, depending on how big your glass is getting, um, what if that was a bottle of bourbon in a brown paper bag? What if you were sat on the couch with a bottle of liquor, drinking the same unit of alcohol in a brown paper bag and swigging away at that? How would you view yourself? It's like, mm, you may be kind of like, you know, you're denormalizing that thing a little bit. So I'd find a new way to unwind. Obviously, I'm going to say exercise. Obviously, I'm going to say put your energy into doing something like that. That might be like before you get home, it might be stop your car, go for a walk. It might be stop off at a local gym and do a workout. You know, obviously, I'm going to say CrossFit and, and, you know, get stuck in there. But find a different way to unwind. And that could be playing with your kids. That could be reading a book. It could be, it could be watching a movie. But rather than trying to find what's the best thing to drink try and replace that because it's a slippery slope one leads to two and then suddenly you know you're drinking i mean I, you know I, I really don't partake but if you you know if you're drinking every night then you need to um you need to find a new way online see i can totally relate to this question yeah. i can totally relate to this question because in the workplace over years of building up um career relationships with people you know drinking is just part of life culture it's part of culture and business. Also, CrossFit community loves to have a few beers, yeah, right? Yeah. And um, if you're starting your day early, you're doing all the things that you need to do. Like, let's say you're looking at the end of the day and you're going, what were the things on my checklist? I've done my workout for the day. Check. I've done all the things for my kids I needed to do today. Mm. Check. I've eaten well all day and I've done everything I needed to do at work. Check really easy to say well i'll just have a couple of beers oh, i mean you know don't get me wrong i mean there's caveats with everything and and it comes with that balance and if you're you know if you are playing that game where you are doing legitimately good things through the day then you know is there a trade-off with that where you can say yeah you know what yeah i can have that but i'm saying like if you're getting up you're behind the game from the start you, you you're chasing your own ass to work you know you, you're slaving at the computer all day you're getting home and the first thing you do is cracking a bottle then you need to find a new way to do it. I mean, if you're getting up and you're going and you're going doing your workout and you you know you're really charging through the day, then some things can slide like that, you know. And I wouldn't say every night, but I'd say you know you know what some things can slide because it it's a very it's not becoming a crux to say this is how I unwind. But you know the way that this question is is like I'm using this to unwind a hundred percent, and you know that's a that's a it's a dangerous thing. I think you're always going to feel like if you're drinking every night through the week, you're always going to feel a little bit foggy the next day and you just, you never feel as good. You never, you feel never as feel as good. It. You don't. And is that one of the reasons? Is it that thing to say, you know, I'm drinking this night because I drank last night and you know, I'd see that in my previous game a lot, you know, people skydiving and dudes drinking and it's, it's not cool. It's not cool. I do, you know, personally, I, I, you know, I don't get on board with it, but some dudes do. And if it's not every night, and it's just like a couple of times a week, then that's cool. Um, some good choices would be pure blondes, 
pretty yeah. low in carb. Yeah. Um, and and try uh, some of the no alcohol stuff. Yeah, you know, try some of the no alcohol stuff. There's some decent stuff around. If you're ever caught in a situation where you're at a party and you've got to drive home or you just don't feel like drinking, there's a really good one called Seedlip, which is like yeah. it's like a gin, but it's zero percent alcohol. They got them in the supermarkets. Now just look at how many calories are in the stuff, right? Yeah, like, big time. You know, yeah. craft. If beer, we're looking at it from that nutritional yeah. point of view, hundred percent. Craft beer versus pure blonde. Craft beer is going to have between three and 500 calories in like a big bottle of craft beer, whereas you've probably got 80 to 90 in a pure yeah. blonde. And, you know, one of the things that I kind of say is, um, look at this. If you want to ask that honest question to say, like, am I having this because I enjoy the taste, it's refreshing, so on and so forth, or am I having this now because it's becoming a crux for, I am, t- I am drinking for the alcohol. I'm drinking for the alcohol. Then go out and do 100 burpees as fast as you possibly can and have lined up a ice cold water, have a beer, have a glass of wine and have a shot of vodka and see which one you drink when you've done them 100 burpees as fast as you can. I guarantee it'll be the water. I guarantee it'll be the water. Every single time. Every single time. So, you know, ask that honest question. Are you drinking because... You need the alcohol, and if you need the alcohol, you've got bigger questions to ask. And the on, the only other thing I would add to that is, if it is really that entrenched in your routine, just book something else in for that time yeah, where you normally idea. open that first beer, like great a idea. walk with the dogs or meet a friend down at the beach, and just take your mind off, you know, trying to break that routine is is key. Yeah, you know what do they say with uh, with if you want to get off heroin, change your circle of friends. You know, don't try and get off our and like change your circle of friends because that's the biggest problem. They're all probably heroin addicts. See, it's him wearing a beer garden t-shirt. Check. <laughs> What's the importance of cardio versus weightlifting? Balance. Um, can you, you know, can you just pick one? No, because you're going to be missing out. You know, are you, are you going to go exclusively cardio, exclusively weightlifting? That's too much of a thing to say. You can get in. I'm not going to recommend getting one of those camps. Combine both. Can you combine both effectively? Yeah, you know, is is a light set of thrusters, you know, is a is a fifteen or twenty kilo bar and doing um doing a hundred and fifty thrusters gonna check both boxes? Absolutely. Is doing sets of pull-ups with a really short rest in between gonna check both boxes? Absolutely. So find out what can come you can have your cake and eat it in this situation. It doesn't need to be right, I am old school, you know, Sunday rest, Monday chest, three sets of ten bench press. <laughs> Or I'm getting on an exercise bike for 60 minutes. It doesn't need to be like that. You can combine both quite easily. Do you think that cardio can make your weightlifting better and vice versa? Yeah, definitely, because it's going to make your recovery better. And if you recover, you know, that's that's ultimately what everything's predicated on. You know, why is Matt Fraser the fittest guy in the world? It's not because he can lift more weight. Uh, it's because he can recover faster than anyone else to do the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. Can you recover fast enough? So, yeah, it will. And the weightlifting will help, you know, so marathon runners like you need to you need to be loading the muscles you don't need to be training for size but you need to be loading the muscles to make them stronger at carrying your weight you don't just need to be running so yeah check try and fit both okay this one's on a uh similar train of thought i train every day but i'm not getting the results i thought i would what's going on i check your diet first of all where's your nutrition at are you training every day? And, you know, I'm going to take it that you're training to a good level every day. So, you know, you're doing some type of structured exercise. Um, where's your nutrition at? Are you training and thinking you can eat what you want? You cannot out-train bad diet at all. You know, the nutrition is everything. If you could say to two people, right, I train every day. My training is the greatest, but I eat junk or I don't train 
and my nutrition is absolutely on point. I only eat what is going to be humanly productive and optimize me as a person. I'm going to take that dude. That dude's going to win 100% of the time rather than person who's training and just eating crap. So um, I'd first of all, check that and say, where's the nutrition at? Find a nutrition plan that you are going to do and is going to complement the type of training that you're doing. If you're doing something that's high output, big output, you're probably going to need some type of carbohydrate in there. It's glycolytic. You're going to need something to drive the engine, but find some type of nutrition program religion whatever it is that you're going to camp you're going to sit in that you will execute as opposed to they've got this perfect one but i'm never going to do it um and failing that i'd start looking at where's your mindset at you know where's your mindset when it comes to this if your nutrition's you know well and your training is is good where is your mindset at? Are you constantly chasing this thing? Are you going in the gym expecting to leave the gym completely ripped and peeled or huge and lifting, you know, double the amount of weight you did last time? And you're in this constant negative cycle, which is you are chasing this thing that's not going to happen because your time frame's ridiculous. You know, where's that? So I, I just check those two things, nutrition mindset. When it comes to weight loss, do you sign up to the thinking that it's 80% done in the kitchen? Yeah, fully, 100%. And, you know, and... I really, I really kind of weight loss is a, it's a, it's a very loaded term because so many people will go into this. Oh, I've got this ideal weight. I've got this ideal weight. I need to lose twelve point two kilos. It's like right, where's that? You're just making this number up, and that becomes the focus point. But when it comes to actually, right, you know what I need to do is I need to get leaner. So I need to lose. I'm carrying too much body fat. I don't need this body fat. It's not productive. I'm not going out into the Arctic for six months where I'm going to need that to survive, to sustain this energy system. You know, as I'm a day-to-day regular human person that has consumed too much food and that food is now stored on my body and I need to be doing some type of work, both what's going in now to put me in a deficit and what I'm doing externally in terms of exercise to make that change like when it comes to yeah i'm i want to be leaner it has to start and end in the kitchen in the kitchen okay i'm looking for good documentaries any recommendations one or two um so much right now yeah there's heaps you know one of the favorite one of my favorite things that i've i've watched probably dozens of times now is a i'm gonna say it's like documentary movie closer to the edge about the isla man tt races but following I think when was it like probably 2012, 10, 12, something like that. And it was following the guys racing in the Isle of Man CT. Unbelievable. Unbelievable what these guys like. The the level of of inability to make a mistake, what these guys were doing was just, you know, the margin for error was just non-existent. It was a phenomenal thing to watch. So that, that's great. Um, there's a thing out on Netflix at the minute and it's about six parts in, which is Last Dance following... Michael Jordan, Chicago Bulls, um, the real insight into, and it was filmed back in 97, 97, 98 season, and it's only been released now. But that that mindset into who's potentially, you know, one of the greatest athletes ever, definitely of, you know, up until, basically up until CrossFit came out, like Michael Jordan, the greatest athlete, you know, dual sports situation. But that's phenomenal. That's really good. Some insight into that dude, you know, and that dude's a, that dude's a winner, a winner, yeah. Anything from you? Yeah, I got a few. Um, they're not all new. Icarus, yeah. which is about the Russian um, doping scandal. <laughs> wow. And that is an incredibly made doco. Yeah. Like, you'll be captivated by that as soon yeah. as you put it on. Um, I mean, I'm sure everyone has seen it by now, but if there's anyone who hasn't seen Tiger King yet, it is 
You know what? It's I've not. Yeah. Well, you just I've have not to watch it. it. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to watch it. It's awesome. Um, Fire in Paradise, which is about the California brush fires oh, yeah. that happened a couple of years ago. It's only 20 minutes long. It's on Netflix and it is absolutely incredible. Just following these individuals, part of this community and the whole community was wiped out. Hundreds and hundreds of people lost their homes and um, many, many people died. And it just follows the, it follows the first responders and just individual stories of people who uh who pretty much all thought they were going to die sure. and that was going to be the end so it's some amazing scary footage um if you're interested in war world war Two, and color yeah brilliant yeah, yeah yeah that is so good and like that footage just comes to life when you put color through it right yeah, huge huge um and then the only other one i've got um i mean i could go on all day but the crossfit documentaries if yeah. you haven't seen them yeah. fittest on earth yeah and all the others yeah i think if you if you're kind of interested in CrossFit, then watching those and realizing that these are the they're not the one percent; these are the point one percent of people doing CrossFit, and it's just human potential is like they've rewritten the book. It is phenomenal. So any of those documentaries out there, the official documentaries on CrossFit, anything following the CrossFit Games or the top players in there, yeah, phenomenal. There is something you might know the name of it. I forget the name of it, and it's a movie where Matt Damon narrates it, and it's about the Global financial crisis, 2008, about the how the economy just fell in the States, about all... Is it The Big Short? No, it's not The Big Short. No, it's not The Big Short. That's with Christian Bale. Yeah, no, that's it's not that. And this is just one where it shows how the guys at the top who engineered this thing, who collapsed the thing, who were completely culpable, who ultimately lost their jobs, were given other jobs basically the same job with different names within the industry and it's just it's frightening i'll find the name okay, for that one frightening just back to tiger king they've just signed up a uh a new series and nicholas cage is gonna be the tiger Jack. king oh yeah Jack. yeah joe exotic yeah can't oh. wait for that all right uh i train every day and i want my kids to do the same because i know how good it's gonna be for them but they're just not into it they gotta find it themselves you can't push them into it you know um, you don't want to be one of those parents on the the sidelines of a soccer game, living vicariously, throwing chairs at the referee, and or, you know you just don't want to be that dude. Um, we're in that situation that you know if if our boys when they, you know they're down the box all the time, if they want to do something, if they want to try some pull ups or anything like that, then they can. But when they do, and when they put their hand up to do that then they follow the rules around that. And those rules are based on the safety of that situation, the effectiveness, the efficiency of that situation. But we don't push them into it. If they want to try it, they can try it. If they don't, they don't. But we we are under, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but we're under the, the impression that we just want it to grow organically. If they see us doing it at some point in time, then you know they'll probably want to do it. So it, I'd say it's hard, but you've got to try and let it grow organically. Yeah, are you sure you can't push them into something if they just really they'll don't just push back. It. They'll just push, and back. it just becomes unpleasant for everyone. Yeah, yeah. Then you know relationships go bad. So it's like you're trying to got to you've got to inspire them to want to do it, and you're going to inspire them anyway as a parent. So you know, live your life like that, and if they follow suit, great. And if they don't, great. But if they're not going to do it anyway, do you want a good relationship with them or a bad relationship with them? If they're not going to do it anyway. I'd rather have a good relationship rather than force them into it and then they don't do it and it's bad. 
or I finish on a on a pretty good one. I put so much pressure on myself to live up to my own expectations and it's because of this I feel like I'm never good enough. What can I do to break the cycle? Decide that, first of all, it's what you say it is. It's a cycle that you're in. It can be broken, but these these become self-fulfilling prophecies. You know, I think we talked about this on a previous one, which is is you get to that point where you think, right, this is just what I do now. You know, I fail at these particular things. I let people down. You need to decide that, like, you are in control of that. You can break that. To do that, you need to shift where the focus is. You need to understand that, like, you need to control that yourself. You need to make yourself happy. You need to, you need to be in control with that. Trying to do things for other people just because you know you think it's the right thing to do. It starts at home. It starts with building your own structure. If there's weakness in your own structure, you add intensity to that. It's going to break down. It's going to break down. So you've got to develop your own structure and your own well-being. So bring things in, like close house on it. Um, Stop trying to do things for other people if that's what's happening and stop trying to make it about other people and say, right, what is going to make me happy now? And you'll find that once you do that and once you are once you are really living that and feeling that, then those other things will come out. But this is a cyclical thing. Where do you want to be in 10 years? And you've got to be brutally honest with that. Where do you want to be in 10 years? Do you want to stop this situation happening? If you do, you just have to stop it. Bonus question. Send it. Cheat meals for or Ooh. against? Um, you know what? I'm against, and I'm against in the sense that of the word. So I'm not. I'm. I'm not against it in the in the sense of like, no, you should never eat anything that's junk. Like you know, the the greatest the greatest meal created is a double muscle from Burger Fuel. It's, a good love. <laughs> it's the oh. greatest thing that's ever been created. However. I, I don't believe in calling it a cheat meal because it's kind of like, you know, it's like, would you just choose to go out and cheat on your partner? It's like, no, you wouldn't do that. I Only mean, once a week. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just like, it's that mindset thing. So, you know, I, I kind of feel that when people look at it as a cheat meal, that cheat meal turns into a cheat day, which turns into a cheat weekend. This, this, this buffer of comfort that you've got just goes bigger and bigger and bigger. So you've got to allow yourself to, to be able to eat those things. You just got to decide when you're taking it too far, you know, when, when's it becoming a joke? When you're actually saying, you know what, that cheat meal, like I'm 72 hours into that now. It's like, right, you, you're taking it a bit too far now. You, this is not a serious situation, you know? So um, yes, absolutely. Have a meal that is not within the parameters of the nutritional program that you are following. But when is enough enough? When are you going to draw a line under it? And you're just going to continue it all the way through the weekend. And I just think that if you look at it as a cheat meal, you are more than likely going to carry it on as opposed to saying, you know what, for what are you doing 90% of the time? For the 90% of the time, this is where I'm at. And it's not purgatory. And I think that's the thing. If you look at the nutritional program that you're following as purgatory, you are more likely to blow out on that cheat meal you know that burger becomes burger and fries which becomes burger fries and milkshake becomes burger fries milkshake chocolate to follow then after that chocolate maybe some apple pie so on and so forth then leftover pizza the following morning and you can see where it's going but if the nutritional plan that you're following if your mindset is it's not purgatory i'm choosing to do it then you can enjoy that that food that is not within that and then you're straight back on the wagon so does that leftover pizza mean that you also had a pizza the night before yeah that's what that means could you eat two double muscles consecutively like within 
in one sitting. Yeah, I, I could, could too. I could do that. I could easily do that. Quite easy. I could breathe that in. Anyway. Yep. Wrap. <laughs>